You're listening to The Lost Art of Liner Notes, a podcast by Rumbleyard. Recently, we invited Raja Kumari and Marissa Perez into our studio to talk about making Raja's new EP, Bloodline. Can I begin? Hi. Hi. Hi, Raja. Hi, Marissa. <laughs> My name is Marissa Perez. I work with Raja. Marissa. Miss Raja Kumari. So we're here now. We're going to talk a little bit about just the new album. how you got here, the new album. Um, first of all, let's talk about Shook, since that's the first single on the yes. album. How Shook. did you come up with this idea? First of all, working with Sean Garrett. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to talk about that because... You know, from my experience, watching you guys work together, he really pushed you mm-hmm. and pulled something out of you that I've never seen. <laughs> yeah. Watching him. It was raw. Yeah, it was raw. It, it was, was raw. uncut. It was unfiltered. And, you know, the fact that we spent so many hours in the studio and he basically broke you to this yeah. point of coming out with this amazing song. So I just want to, you know, from your experience, I, I was there personally, but I want to know what was going through your mind when you were sitting in the room with Sean Garrett, writing the song, coming up with the idea of what single you wanted to put out. Yeah, I think I never um, know what it's going to be the single or anything like that. I think Shook was an experience. Um, I was just fresh back from India. I had just been on tour. I had just experienced the most amazing moments of, you know, having 10,000 people sing back lyrics to your song to you and, you know, just having that that acceptance for the first time in my life, you know, and coming back and walking in with a heavy hitter, like someone that says that, you know, that can say, I have 52 number ones. And, you know, I can look on their discography and it's every single one of my inspirations is like involved, you know. Um, I knew that there was something very serious that was going to happen and that I had to bring my A game. But I think making Shook was different than any other record for me. Exactly like you said, he really just whatever idea I had, whatever I had built myself to be in my mind, like I just come back from India and I'm like, yeah, 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 I got this. It wasn't like, you know, I wasn't ready to work, but Sean just made me realize that it was time to level up. And, you know, when you think about joining the international world with your music and not just like maybe coming from one region or one pocket, it's like it's the Olympics. Mm. And you know, you can qualify for the Olympics, and I think I qualified, but now it's time to compete in the Olympics mm-hmm. and actually win the gold and actually bring the honor to your people. And I feel like this was like training, and it was like really, um, he just pulled it out of me in such a way that I understood that like there was so much more inside of me as an artist and that I had limited myself and that, you know, um, I had had some fear of like, you know, fully committing into like, being a rapper, you see, like, a lot of females come into this situation. Like, when I grew up listening to Lauryn Hill, I didn't know there was a difference between when she was singing and rapping. She was just an artist. So when I would move fluidly between them, it was just me expressing myself. Mm. But there's this whole stigma, this whole thing, you know, that's happening with rappers and female rappers and what they should be like. So I was always apprehensive to, you know, pigeonhole myself or, or give myself that kind of title. But I realized, you know, through the experience and then getting in the room with Sean Garrett that if you're a monster, you're a monster. And there's no reason to hold it back or be afraid of that. So, you know, this was really, um, it was very vulnerable for me to, like, just put myself out there. So, there, what challenge, what was the biggest challenge 
you know, it had been a, it had been a minute since someone had vocal produced me. You know, I'd mm-hmm. been behind the scenes and I've, you know, been writing for other artists and like people, you know, helping them, you know, sing a certain way. And then when I would get in the booth, I'd usually do it in a take or two. Yeah, because that was different for me. When I saw that happening, I was like, oh my God, was, she's a control freak. There's no way <laughs> this is going to be crazy because, you know, it's two creative minds in a room. And I'm so used to seeing her in front of the computer, telling the engineer, telling what, the engineer to what to do, cut this, stack this. Yeah. And it's just the creative process. It's like I had to let amazing. go. Yeah. I had to completely let go. I think that's why I was able to create this album was because I stopped trying to make it and I just like allowed it to come through me, you know, to be expressed through me. And um, Sean vocal produced the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. I would say that like that man would not take like nothing that wasn't up to par like yeah. and and I learned more about my voice and I learned you know about my tone maybe before I used to stack things and now you know this record there's so many single vocals or just like mean monster single single vocals because if you can't do it in one vocal then it's not you know mm-hmm. then no one's going to feel it because you're only going to have one mic and one voice when you stand in front of the people. So you can't, like, rest on, like, auto-tune and, and like, giant stacks of vocals to make people feel something. Mm-hmm. And I think that this was, you know, so crazy. But Shook was also really exciting because, you know, working with Sean, he really, like, was so interested in Indian culture. So it was, like, almost like working with my targeted fan base, which was, mm-hmm. like, people that were interested but knew nothing about it. So just teaching him the things that he was excited about. He's like, oh, my God, yeah, let's say Hindu guap or, like, gully gang, what is that? That's incredible. Like, you know, just all these ideas and these sounds, like, send my Benji's over to Gandhi and now we feast. And we talked about, you know, even the terrorist attacks in the Taj Mahal. And we're talking about, you know, I can't stop thinking about the Taj Mahal. I wasn't talking about the structure. I was talking about what happened, you know, in Bombay. You know, when the terrorists took over the hotel and they were killing, you know, Americans. You know, there's these things are happening in the world. So, you know, we had all these discussions and it was like, you know, bringing someone new into the culture. So even that experience is what I wanted the music to do. And that's why it was so cool that we bonded through the song and were able to, you know, both agree. And I think that because we could agree there's something there that makes other people that are from different, completely different ways of life. If we could agree on the song, then maybe I have a chance of more people, you know, getting my intention. But Shook was, um, it took three days. Shout out to Jen and to Frizit for really pulling this one out yeah. because Jennifer Goinkuchoa. Whoop, she said it perfect. Ezekiel Lewis. Yes. AKA Zeke and Jay Bugs. And you know, the only reason that they were even on my project is Paul Pontius, you know, the, the man who signed me, you know, he knew that it was time to bring in some different energies that would be able to like really help me with what I needed help with, which was I needed to meet new producers and new energies so upon meeting Zeke and Jen within a week I was in the studio with in Atlanta yeah we left her she called me she's like hey I was in Tulsa just chilling with the cows and she's like hey we're leaving to Atlanta two days ago two days then just pack your bag and I don't know when you're going Sean Gary I'm like Sean Gary like the Sean Gary she's like yeah I'm like this is Sean the pen Sean the pen I'm like this is insane but yeah it was definitely right off the bucket list I am I'm I'm a list person I like to make vision boards and lists and I made a wish list of producers, and, you know, he was very high on the list because I'd respected 
the work he's done, and I, I respect him as you know as a creative. So that was like a, I wanted like tutoring. I was like, I want to hang out with a guy with fifty two number ones because yeah, you know, I want a couple of those. And that's just the first song that you guys did. That was, that was Let's talk about one. the rest of the songs that he worked on the album, plus any other producers that you have on the album. Yeah, I mean, it was all experience. I mean, we ended up taking three days to do Shook, um, and that song just like blew the whole situation open. Mm-hmm. I think people. It's like they don't know what to do with me until it clicks for them. And it clicks for them at different times, you know? And that song, it just really, it made everybody understand. I think, you know, Sylvia Roan, you know, shout out to Sylvia. She called me in her office and she said, you know, I'd put the song out tomorrow. You know, we had just recorded it. She's like, I finally have a cornerstone to really explain who you are to the people. And just hearing those words from her, I knew I was like, okay, now now we're finally talking. We're getting into we're getting into that point now where it's time to come back to America. And if if she believes in this, then you know we got to keep digging. So we went back to Sean and we kept digging. And um, the next record we did was called Karma. Careful what you say, Karma like a bitch. Shots back at you like a rubber band. Karma was crazy. I think actually when I first heard the track, I started crying Mm -hmm. because there was a violin in the instrumentation and it just sounded like a Carnatic violin, which is like I grew up, you know, touring with the Indian classical orchestra. Like I'd have a seven piece band that would like perform live music and I would dance Indian classical dance live to it. And I had a really like close relationship with hearing the violin like that. And just when the track played, I just started crying because I was like, oh, my God, like this moment has come where someone just sitting in a different room made this beat not knowing that it was going to speak my soul, you know. And any time that I get that feeling, I just know something special is going to happen. And, you know, whenever I um, write music or, you know, when I get into, you know, like the vibe of the song, I just want to impart things that I've learned through my culture you know, and I think I was really lucky to learn about things like karma really early because it's part of like the tenets of Hinduism. So, you know, I knew about the the give and take and every action has an equal and opposite reaction. You know, I knew that just from studying the stories and the, you know, the mythologies. So karma has always been like a topic that I, I try to talk about and explore in many different ways. You know, there's all kinds of levels to it. But this one, this one definitely was to those that I had to put on mute prior, the same people. Was that your inspiration behind the song? I mean, it's it, it, there's the level of, you know, t- to the naysayers. I never try to give them too much um, credit or too much attention, but, you know, it's an energy that's always fighting against you. And I think, like, the record, Be Careful What You Say, Karma's Like a Bitch, Shots Back at You Like a Rubber Band. Mm, that's my favorite line. <laughs> you know, it's like there's a lot of people that counted me out and did some real fucked up shit and... I feel like they they did it too early. Like I'm like, if you were gonna do this, you could have waited. Like, there was only no, ten. I'm, happy I'm like, there was only ten thousand views on this, and you're losing your mind. You should have waited to ten million. You know, you could at least come a little further with me. So I mean, like, I went through so much of that that I just I thought the hand that you bite had the upper hand. Karma kills you quicker than the reaper can. I know it's harsh, but it's true, and I think that that energy kind of fueled 
the inspiration behind the record. And I think there's a part of my voice that a lot of females will be afraid of that, like, guttural tone. But I was raised listening to Sizzla. Like, I think there was, like, a time period for three months where I only listened mm-hmm. to greatest hits Sizzla, like, for hours at a time. So I just wanted to use that part of my voice, whether it's for Bob or Sizzla or Buju Banton, that, like, that guttural just tone. So this song unapologetically, like, lives yeah. in that register. And I have to, again, credit Sean Garrett for making me use that tone. I'd be like, Sean, wait, doesn't it sound so, like, doesn't it sound ugly at some point? He's like, like, no, no, it sounds fine. One, Go one, back one, in the that's the date that this all begun. I'm like, yo, like, it sounds scary. He's like, no, you don't understand what this is. You don't sound like anyone else. You have to do it. You just sound unique. So, you know, I have, you know, Sean really, really, really dug it out of me. And when I hear it back, like I, every time we hear it, we look at each other and go, "Who am I? I? Like, who are you? You're like, who are you? I'm like, I don't know. You know, this is. I always feel like I make my music for the future version of myself, and um, when I get there, I'm like, oh, okay. Like by the time karma comes out and the whole world is hearing this and that, they're gonna be like, I'll be that person. I'm there. You know, I am that person. But I walk in the music. It gives me strength in different moments. But that record is um, a lot of truth. You know, there's a lot of. Um, a lot of what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. too. It's not just about my naysayers. It's about the world and, you know, what's happening and not to be so worried. Like, in the darkness, don't be sad that we'll remain in darkness because yeah. karma will always even the score. And it's not even our place to worry about it. It's not my job to teach you a lesson because my success or my victories, you know, what, what do they say? The best revenge is your paper. Mm-hmm. Mother be. Queen Goddess B gave us that gave knowledge. Us the paper, she I know. gave us that knowledge, you know? So that's really where I'm at right now is like if that record can do exactly what I intended it to do, then oh, yeah, it'll be the best be revenge. <laughs> and coming out from Karma, you guys went into right into Born Hustle, I think. Yeah, we did. All type of contrabands mixed with that shit they pop that don't distract what we came here to get. Respect my Rasta boys like the hold the Moogas. No, the queen must retain them designated shooters. They want amnesty. I'ma show up on me deep. Either way you put it, I'ma be a major chess piece. It's so much yeah. fun to collaborate with your friends. And I think, like, I love when I see an artist that, like, collaborate with their friends and then they keep collaborating with their friends. You're like, oh, my God, you're a real person that, like, continues to have, like, real friends. So Janine is, um, you know, we've been through a lot together. And um, I was in Atlanta, and we actually had the idea. Sean was like, we need a kid to sing this. You know, we need a child. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, we want it to be, like, um, Hard Knock Life. Mm-hmm. So... Janine lives in Atlanta, so I call her. I'm like, hey, do you have a child? And she's like, I'm a child. Like, I do voiceovers for age two to, like, whatever. (laughs) And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Get in here. And then the second she got on the mic, I'm, like, laughing because I'm like, the universe conspired for us to have another collaboration because we were, like, intending on having (laughs) a child sing it. And then the second she got on the mic, I'm like, no, no, no. And then people walked in. They're like, oh, who's a kid? I'm like, like, it's just Janine. It's Janine the machine. No, she's grown. But we had kids, too, to do it, but she just ended up working so perfect for the song. No, it was destined for that and it's so cool that we get to do another song together and um, that it gets to be on this album because you know she's really stuck with me through a lot of things and I don't have many friends in this uh, many good friends in this world like that I really really count on and she's one of them yeah so the record is um, it's about this one is oh God. when you hear this record some people are going to be like who the fuck does this because he was in a zone when he was writing the song like 
he and wasn't the, listening to shit I had to say. Yeah, I was trying to was talk like, him out of it. Saying this, and he, every two minutes, I'm like, I'm like, he's in the zone. But for the chorus, like he, he was his like, working process completely different than anybody I've ever seen. I mean, I've seen Tim in the, in the booth, and he'll like making noise with this cheek and shit, and turns into a beat. You know, I'm like, oh shit. You know, Sean is doesn't he doesn't really write. Like, he writes in the booth. He writes in the booth. So like sometimes like and I'm I'm a co-writer like yeah. I, I'm I'm not going to sit back and like not participate in <laughs> writing my song. So like I don't know if he was used to someone like me that he's in the booth trying to think of the words and I'm in the talk back like how about this word? How about Desmond Tutu? How about like just saying the most <laughs> random shit cuz I'd hear it. I'd be like we well, got to say Odyssey. Like you know just crazy things that I just would hear mm-hmm. you know with him working. So like that was you know that was a really crazy record cuz it's actually the first record I've ever done where I don't sing one note. Yeah, there's no singing on there. Not one note. And I was like, you guys are not singing on this song. Like, should I be singing the chorus? Like, it was so much second guessing, but now it's like my liberation, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm like, wow, there, here's a rap record. What does Born Hustler mean? I mean, what Man, is it? you know, well, duh, I'm a born hustler. Like, mm-hmm. I, I get it from my mama and my daddy. Like, we came from nothing, the mud, and now, you know, look at us now. You know, what am I going to say? But, you know, I get that song for me really is an attitude. It's like a frame of mind. I think like I had to psych myself out a lot living in India alone. I was on tour, you know, even though it was a motherland, like, you know, I was by myself. It wasn't mm-hmm. like my parents were there or my family or, you know, everybody that I was with I had met in the last year and a half. You know, it wasn't like Marissa wasn't with me in India. And, you know, it was some really, and like I'm on exact opposite time zone than the rest of the world. So like when they're asleep, I'm awake and... You know, it became really alienating, but there was something in me that fired me that pushed me. And I feel like that's the spirit of this record. Because I say some out-of-control, ridiculous shit. Like, all type of contrabands mixed with that shit, they pop. And it's like, what? Or like, Rasta boys like to hold them rugas. Like, just crazy shit. But that's the mentality mm-hmm. that I snap into when I have to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Like, when I'm talking about running down the terminal, I just made it to the to gate. Us. That's yes. a real That's story. Real like <laughs> That was like I was in a full sprint, and then I was like sore for two days because of my full sprint. You know, As they're calling her name. Through that. And, they're calling, like, I've, you know, and I had to make the flight because I had to land in Singapore in time to shoot this music video that was shooting once I land at 11 p.m. At 5 a.m., I'm in a makeup chair. So there's no missing this flight. And that mentality, that savagery, you know, that's what is behind this record. And I think I stepped out of myself. And, you know, sometimes I want to be like, oh, I can't talk this way. And Sean would be like, why not? You know, and I was like, you know what? Why not? Let's do it. Like, because everything I said on this album, I mean it. There's yeah. nothing that I don't, that I didn't do or I don't say. Yeah, my Rasta boys like to hold them rugas. Doesn't mean, I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but you know, I have people. You know, I have an army. I have people that, you know, love me and protect me. And whether I'm talking about something, you know, like, like, you know, actually talking about talking about the spirit of it, you know, like that I have these people that would, you know, would fight for me. And that's the vibe that when I came home from India, I knew I had an army. And I think that that really inspired this record. And yeah. it gave me the uh, the the, savage, the, yes, savagery, the savagery. Yeah. The savagery. And I think that with this song, Sean gave you that, okay, fine, I'll give you a break song. And that's how you guys came up with Still Care, which is the fourth song on yeah. the album. I 
but you regret it all I didn't let you take me through Let you hit me with the flu Mama pray at the palisade to keep me away from you Still Care was yeah. probably the hardest record that um, the experience was the hardest for me. I think in my entire um, time of writing music, I um, I write from my character. Yeah, and my, never personal. My character That's is whatever personal, I yeah. want to make it. My character is a strong warrior princess that, like, feels no pain, you know? And I'm a human being that feels a lot of pain and went through a lot of things, all kinds of emotions. And, you know, people are in, you know, all kinds of relationships and, we, you know, we go through things. And I think that this record was, like, the most honest I've ever mm -hmm. been. And um, I think that's why you were so scared to do it, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I cried through the whole process. Yeah. I couldn't be in there. I kind of, like... Just let her and Sean stay in the room. Like, I can't, because I, it was just. Because I think also a, lot, yeah. a lot of people are not used to seeing me vulnerable. And I think that that's like, I think there's a lot of, there was a lot of fear for me to to keep the song on the album. But then at the end, I was like, you know what? I need to, exp I need to put myself out there to grow as an artist and let people know that I feel and that I, um, that I've mm -hmm. been through things and that if you think I'm such a strong woman would take no shit, well, you know what? All of us take shit. And it's not the best thing, but, you know, we have to learn and grow from it and, you know, become better people and not be afraid to be vulnerable and be honest. Yeah. And and also, you know, even the strongest of people have been in, you know, the weakest of positions at some point. But it's all about, you know, what you do from it. And sometimes I think whatever, like, I think God puts me through certain experiences so that I can understand them, so I can voice them. Because at some point, maybe it's not even about me. There's just like somebody listening that it's their exact story. Mm -hmm. And then when they're like, oh, my God, I went through the exact same thing, they don't feel alone. Yeah. So maybe because I have the ability to put it into song, I had to experience it and pass that on. So I was like, I can't hide this record. I have to, you know. I have to be vulnerable. But I'm glad you did that record because um, it balances out the album. Yeah. Did we miss a song? No, I think we did. No, we did. I'm going to tell you which one. The heart and soul of this album. Robin Hood. We need the money, money, money on the dot. We already paid the cost. We need the money, money, money around the clock. We should have been this way from the start. Life is like a symphony. Play your part with the harmony. Tell me where is your sympathy? Bend your knee, this is royalty. I need more loyalty now. Break bread, pass around. We had to spring from the ground. We had to spring from the ground. So Robin Hood, yeah, the heart and soul of the album. You know, my first album, Believe in You, I think was like the heart and soul of the album. Saying something like, we are the body of light that will inspire an entire lifeline. You are the key to the clouds that block the moon as long as you believe in you. Like, that's poetry. Yeah. And I was like, I'm making a hip-hop song with poetry, and in the middle of it, I'm going to sing in Sanskrit. So, like, that song was that moment that, like, I I got the trust of the people. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think, I think uh, Robin Hood is when, you know, if you were listening to my album and, like, if you ever for a moment said, where'd that girl go? This song yeah, reminds you for sure. I, reminds you that I'm still the same. And I think the most important lyric on Robin Hood is, don't forget the youths in the slums. If you know the truth, why they're hungry? And it's like, I'll never, I can't forget that. Mm -hmm. As long as I'm breathing, I have to remember that because my whole existence is just so that I can give back to people that are just like me, that mm -hmm. don't have the same opportunities. Like, I am very lucky to be a seed from the motherland yeah. planted in a new soil. And the lyrics on the song, they just felt so good to me because it felt like I just, I need to speak knowledge at some point on every album. And um, 
cut the shit, this is symmetry, reap what you sow when you plant a seed, tell me who is your family, different cloth that's a different breed. It's like, these are the things I learned, you know? And um, this song is really talking about, we need the money, money, money on the dot. And when you first hear it, my mom was like, why are you always singing about money? I'm like, <laughs> no. I'm like, because it's not about money, the money that is created by greed. It's like the ability to make change. Right. You know, if if my if I can just sign a piece of paper that's a check, my signature, and then all of a sudden there's something, a whole hospital being built. Like, money's powerful. So we need the money on the dot because there's youths in the slums that are hungry. And it's important, you know. So this record is is really my heart and soul. And this is another Danger record as well. And this was produced by Danger. There's some exciting big things coming from, out my, in India, yeah. from my vision board that are coming to life in the next six months. And I think it'll help seed and grow this project. And Bloodline is coming. And, you know, even naming it that, it's been so crazy because it's been through so many titles. Mm -hmm. But I really believe that, like, my music is like chapters. And chapter one was the come up. And it was the, you know, laying the mythology of the whole story. And Bloodline is, you know, the history and what comes behind it. And this album is really about protecting, you know, what is for you and fighting for what you mm -hmm. believe in and being unafraid and, un and unapologetic, you know, like yeah. not apologizing for shit <laughs> and just doing things that I'm scared of doing and letting go of my fear yeah. and, and really just having fun. Yeah, so, this album is definitely that. I'm really excited yeah. that you put all your energy into this album because <laughs> I'm excited for people to hear it. I guess that is really the liners for the album. I think that was like a lot of behind-the-scenes stories, maybe some that you didn't want to hear and, and some that now you know more about me than you ever thought. Um, I want to thank Marissa for having this conversation because she probably made me tell stories I never would have told you guys. Um, and I hope oh, you guys— I have, more, I have more. I know. I hope you guys enjoy the album. And, um, you know, thank you for listening. Unbreakable like a diamond If we under pressure, we keep shining Huge thanks to Raja Kumari and Marissa Perez for being our guests. You can visit rajakumari.com to find out more about her new EP, Bloodline. This episode was produced by Lee Stemmel, Mark Grandy, Nicole Heyman, and me, Matthew Billy. Special thanks to Simon Marcus of Pippa and Epic Records. Sadly, this will be the last episode of The Lost Art of Lyman Notes. But you should see more podcasts from Sony Music soon, so stay tuned. And thanks for listening. Give me, give me, give me, you know how to be trying to give me pity. Give me, give me, give me.